You're listening to Healthy Living with Eric Sue Podcast, episode 113. Hey guys, did you hear my epic podcast about getting unstuck from a health rut? Learn the four powerful ways and download the free cheat sheet handout. It's episode 106, so check it out. And if you find value in it, share it with a friend. Hey, it's Eric Sue. I quickly wanted to thank all my longtime listeners for your continued support. I also wanted to say hi to any first-time listeners. No matter who you are, I am committed to providing you the best health and wellness information possible. If you like what you hear, share it with a friend. Also, rate and review this show on iTunes or Stitcher so more people can find us. Let's keep this movement growing. Thanks again, and now on to the show. Health tips, wellness advice, no hype. Welcome to Healthy Living with Eric Sue, the show that inspires, motivates, and educates you towards your healthiest life. And now your host, Eric Sue. Hey guys, Eric Sue here. Welcome to another episode of Healthy Living with Eric Sue. We have a versatile and caring personal trainer with us today. Her name is Isabel Libman. We'll be talking about how to establish habit-based eating. So without any delay, let me introduce you all to Isabel. Isabel, are you ready to make it happen? Sure am. Isabel Libman, known to her clients as Izzy, came to strength and nutrition coaching in a non-traditional roundabout way. At a theater major at Northwestern University and then event planner and publicist after college, life was very much on the go with nutrition and fitness on the back burner. It wasn't until she hired her own trainer that she recognized what a powerful experience it can be to get stronger and feel better. One major aha moment later, Izzy decided to become a coach herself so she could help people feel stronger, healthier, and most importantly, more empowered. Izzy Fit was born out of the desire to coach each client as an individual with programs that fit their own personal needs. She is happy to not only be coaching clients in person in Evanston, Illinois, but is also thrilled to be offering nutrition coaching to people from anywhere in the world. Isabel, Izzy, that was just a little bit about who you are. Could you share with our audience a little bit more on how you got started? Sure. Um, So I graduated from college and kind of had this quarter life crisis, wasn't really sure what to do, ended up having this job where I worked from home on the computer all day and um, decided that I would invest in some personal training. I wasn't making that much money, but I knew if I sat all day, I would end up a blob on the couch and um, I wouldn't feel better. So I hired my first personal trainer to teach me how to work out. I did not grow up an athlete. I mean, I grew up dancing, which is, I think, athletic. But, um, you know, I, I had never really spent any time in the gym except to, like, make excuses not to go to swim class. So, um, so you know, I, I spent a few years working with this trainer. Um, fast forward to one day I was at the gym with my trainer and realized that that hour I was spending in the gym helping – myself get better and stronger was the best part of my day. Um, I kind of realized that although, you know, luckily I changed careers and 
stopped working out of my house on a computer. <laughs> I had a really, really lovely job. It was wonderful. It was um, exciting. But I didn't feel like I was making a difference in the world or making a difference for anyone except for maybe the person I was working for. And that wasn't really enough for me. So um, I was fortunate enough to be able to make the career change, go back to school for personal training, and eventually start IzzyFit. Excellent story. And, and uh, I want to say that there are a few people who are listening to this that can relate to switching careers and um, they find their niche. And is that kind of how uh, you would describe how you felt about all this? Yeah, I think I think it shocked a lot of people, like my, my parents especially, when I decided to um, switch careers and... But as soon as I did, it was like, oh, this is what I was meant to do. Mm. I'm so comfortable here. It doesn't feel like work. It feels awesome, and mm. I wouldn't change it for the world. you know. And, and I know that it might evolve into something else as I grow um, as a coach, and that's great. And um, But, yeah, I, I am happy not to have ever looked back. Awesome. Very good. Um just so that our audience can learn a little bit more about who you are, what's one cool or unique fact about yourself? Our audience really loves to hear the answer to this. Um, I am French. My my parents are 100% French. I know I sound not French, <laughs> um, but uh, so I come from a you know a background of of really loving food like cheese and pate and mm. wine. Um, and I fully embrace that as a nutrition coach. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Excellent. So you speak French? I do. I do speak French, but I, I still don't totally sound French when I do. It takes a little immersion for the American accent to go away. Oh, excellent. Very cool. All right. So, um, Thanks for that. Let's dive into this topic of the day, which is how to establish habit-based eating. Um, could you share with us, uh, Isabel, how you describe that to your clients and, and people who are listening? Sure. That is such a huge and awesome question, and there are like 500 ways I could probably um, explain it, but I'll try it this way. I make the analogy that we tend to relate to food the same way that we related to our first crushes in junior high or high school. Hmm. Like, we really liked it, and oh my gosh, we loved it, and it was so awesome, and it made us happy, and it gave us fulfillment somehow, and then, like slowly we sour from that relationship and we start to see flaws in it and we decide to break up with it and then we search for something else. Um, I think we have gotten in this loop of trying one habit after another after another, or not habit, one diet after another after another, um, trying to help us reach our goals um, whether it is to look better, to feel better, to perform better. Um, and it kind of just wrecks our relationship with it. Mm. Um, I think that 
so I used to run some nutrition programs years ago with clients that were more like whole 30 based. Mm. Um, and I know cleanses and detoxes are still kind of a popular thing and I don't want to bash them at all. But I think that looking for an answer that is, um, you can't eat that, you should eat that, here's the plan, can sometimes be like a Band-Aid, putting a Band-Aid on a boo-boo, rather than than finding out why the boo-boo happened in the first place, and is there a way to maybe not get that boo-boo so much? I swear that's like the last time I'll say that word. (laughs) That's okay. Um, A habit-based approach, on the other hand, is... um, a way to reestablish a positive relationship to food, regardless of what the food is. It's a way to um, find out what really works for you um, in a really positive way, a way that makes you feel like a competent, smart human being, and um, in a way that can help you, to steal a phrase from Josh Hillis, create a game in life that you can win and feel really good at. Um, so that's I, how. Great, great um, explanation. I, I'm just curious here, uh, Isabel. Um, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm looking at this phrase, habit-based eating, and I'm, I'm just trying to picture what that looks like. Is, it, is there a way um, for you to describe it in words or pictures or what's... Um, I know what you said, but for clarification purposes, um, what does one have to do to establish habit-based eating, I guess is the question. Okay. So sorry if I like totally trailed off in that last answer. Um, it can really look so different for everyone, but I think the basics of forming a habit entail something that you are very confident that you can do. So we like to use the phrase, um, I am 90 to 100% confident that I can, you know, do whatever the habit is going to be. And the habit usually needs a trigger. Um, Like, for example, I automatically wash my face after I brush my teeth. This is like, so the trigger is, you know, the brushing of the teeth triggers the face Mm -hmm. washing. Um, um, and so for example, um, habit-based nutrition can be something like, um, let's say somebody wants to drink more water, um, which is really popular right now. It's summer. People are kind of realizing that they need to drink more. It's one thing to say, I'm going to drink more water in a day. Um, but that's kind of an outcome. You need to figure out how that's going to happen. Mm. So uh, I would ask the person, like, well, how much water are you drinking now? How much water are you confident you can add to your day? And when is that going to happen? Mm-hmm. Does that help clarify that oh, a little yeah. bit? Oh, yeah. That's the best example, I probably, I would say. And um, asking those questions really dive into um, what you just said, which was a trigger, uh, I would say, as well, for the reason to drink the water, 
Is is that sort of a good summary? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the idea is like for a little while it might take some work to actually make that habit happen. Um, because if you've decided that you need to drink more water, it means you're not doing it. So it, it's going to feel a little bit foreign to you when you first do it. But if you establish that trigger over time, it's going to feel more second natured. Because mm. most habits are just second nature. You don't really have to think about them. They happen. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find, just curious here, do you find that it's challenging uh, slash difficult for people to uh, establish this approach to eating? I think that um, I'm going to say yes and no. It depends on the person. Mm. I know that um, in my groups, especially because I still have some clients who do my Clean Slate 28 program, who did the iteration of it years ago where it was more restrictive. It's hard to get away from um, thinking of things being black and white, Mm. all or nothing. (laughs) So um, when you establish a new habit, like it, again, you should feel, you should feel really confident and capable that you can do it. Mm. I think a lot of people set themselves up for um, for disappointment because they'll go from drinking maybe eight ounces of water a day to 64 um, without really necessarily thinking through, like, well, how is that going to happen? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you, like, maybe you hit 64 ounces that first day, and then the second day you're like, it's hard to get through 24, and you just kind of give up because it's not working. Mm-hmm. And you think that you've done something wrong. So in a way, yes, it's, it's hard to break free from the way we've approached eating and nutrition um, yeah. for a long time. No, I, I'm assuming that, <laughs> um, that this habit-based eating should be healthy habit or ha- healthy-based eating. Habits that uh, will leads towards eating more fresh whole foods, eating less processed foods, right? And is, is there a trick or is there a way to um, make this um, easier maybe is the question? Yes, totally. So um, the really cool thing about habits is that it can work for whatever uh kind of diet that you're on. So I can coach somebody who's a vegan next to somebody who's doing Atkins. Mm. So um, because of that, like no food in my book, no food in my coaching is off limits. But the approach that I take is um, to add in more things. So Mm. we'll work on a habit to add in more veggies. we'll add a habit to add in more water. I might then work on a habit that would reduce added sugar. But for the most part, I try to like spin more positive. Instead of thinking of taking away, taking away, and having people feel really um, deprived, it's like once you start adding those good things in, there's less and less room on your plate for the 
processed stuff. Mm. And I don't really like thinking of foods as good and bad. Um, this is kind of one of the biggest aha moments I've had over the last year working with Georgie Fear and Roland Fisher and Josh Hillis. It's like food has no ethical value. It's not good. It's not bad. We all have different reactions to it. And I think that alone helps people feel like it, it eases the pressure mm-hmm. to reduce it. It's almost like it just kind of happens. One good habit begets another, begets another. Mm. And um, that's kind of what I would say to that. Sure. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, and I don't know if this um, would resonate with you, but uh, recently I was telling a group of people about my approach to eating and, and it, I use food as fuel versus food to feed my body and because I look for fuels that will help me perform or feel better that's how I approach food what, what would you say uh, to that approach just quickly yeah I think that's great um, I think that works for a lot of people remember that whole like I'm French thing <laughs> <laughs> I, also see, I also see food as enjoyment mm. and I, you know, I love drinking rosé in the summer outside. Um, I'm not going to tell my clients not to do that. So um, I, you're totally right. It's a mindset thing. It's like, yes, for the most part, if you can see food as fuel, great. If you can see it as enjoyment, that's awesome too. Mm. Then the trick, the game you have to play is to find out how to wholeheartedly enjoy it in the moment so that you're not just mindlessly consuming and that could be for anything right like oh, yeah. um so that that's awesome my no my worries spin. awesome awesome uh i was gonna say that there's two sides of the coin with you know healthy eating habits and then there's uh poor eating habits and what you talk about do you help people identify their poor eating habits, if you will? Um, I, yeah, I think what I try to help people gain is awareness so that they can figure out what works better for them, what's getting people to their goals, um, and creating awareness first and foremost can also help people kind of establish some data. Mm. Is what I'm doing getting me closer to my goal or further away from it? So which one do I want to choose? Right. Because I'm assuming that you, even myself, speak to people who have habitual poor eating habits, if, if, that's, if that is a category. And, and um, I think most people realize they do and they're just stuck doing it over and over again. And what you're teaching would be a strategy and how to reverse that. Would that also be a correct way of saying how you help people? Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head, Eric. I think, I think people come to me and they know that they need to change something. Like I don't need to tell them that they're doing anything wrong. I need to show them what they're doing right and then kind of guide them to the answer for like doing more things that are going to help them. Um, so it's just kind of like 
helping people add veggies and water and stuff, like their old ways of going about what they eat and drink kind of changes over time. Mm. Yeah, um, they, they all kind of transform. The right? They all kind of transform yeah, into someone yeah. new. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know the relationship to food just changes it. It they, I think people go from this script in their head that says I'm out of control, I couldn't help it, I couldn't stop eating this, to more of like um, taking responsibility for their relationship to food, putting themselves in the driver's seat, and also understanding that they ultimately make the choice to do X, Y, and Z. Um, and through this kind of coaching, there's not so much judgment and shame and ickiness around that. It's like I usually the coaching is more around making the script change from I ate a candy bar, I am bad, mm. to like, I, you know, it's like, okay, well, first of all, like, eating a candy bar does not make you Charles Manson. <laughs> like, if Charles Manson only ate vegetables, it wouldn't make him a good person. <laughs> so, it's it, it, the discovery is like, okay, well, why did you eat it? And kind of discovering, like, okay, well, what could you do next time? Or, um, you know, yeah, that kind of absolutely. thing. Um, great information so far. We're about 20 minutes in, just so you know, Isabel. And I'm curious to know, uh, can you overview the few steps for someone who wants to establish habit-based eating? Sure. Um, so this is kind of also a precision nutrition type of mentality. Mm -hmm. I like to go one thing at a time. Um, which usually is a big mindset shift for people too. Um, rather than trying to uh, work on five different things at once, I'd say pick the one thing that you find is going to be the easiest thing for you to work on. So if you like, if somebody knows that they are not eating enough vegetables in the day, they could run through options such as adding one serving of vegetables at dinner every day of the week, or maybe it is adding one serving of vegetable one day of the week, or it could be taking a multivitamin once a day, seven days a week. Um, but they have to be able to answer again, like, am I 90 to 100% confident that I can do this? Um, if the answer is no, then you can always scale it back you can always make it less intense. Um, so, I mean, I could answer this question like 500 different ways again, but, um, but yeah, that's, I think that's so a great I would start. Say, like, that's like, a great start. Step one, like, yeah, identify one place where you know you could do maybe a little bit better. Step two, kind of create a game that you can win. Um, step three would be execute. And then, you know, if you can always track on a piece of paper or your computer, like when you when you accomplish this, when you are doing your habit, if you look at the week and you've only checkmarked two days, ask yourself, well, am I making this too hard? 
If you've checked seven days after that first week, you can say like, all right, I did this every day. Now, how can I ramp it up? Do I want to ramp it up? Or do I want to keep it the same? And then I can like, once it starts to become comfortable, which usually is like about two weeks, then maybe think about adding another one. Yeah, very good, very good. I'm curious to know, um, in addition to what you shared with us so far, what other health and wellness tips, maybe three health and wellness tips can you share with our audience? It doesn't have to be about eating, but overall health and wellness. Okay, um, number one is get enough sleep. Um, and kind of like the habit thing, like maybe it's daunting to get seven to eight hours of sleep if you're currently getting five to six. So um, maybe try even 15 more minutes of sleep per night. But like sleep is so key for everything in your life. And I know this right now because I'm not sleeping well personally. So mm. um, sleep, sleep, sleep. Um, number two is just move around every day. It doesn't have to mean like hitting it big at the gym, but it could just be as little as like a 30 minute walk or even a 20 minute walk outside, especially now that the weather's finally nice. Um, and then as far as the third one, I'd say like, this sounds so sappy, but whatever you choose to do health and fitness wise, ask yourself also if you can do it happily. Like, you know, we talked about establishing habits and what I didn't say is, you know, every week in my program, when we start a new habit and somebody says, I feel 90 to 100% confident that I can do this, 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 and this. And if, if to me it sounds like extreme, if I know the person, I'll ask them, can you do this happily? Because it should never feel like a total struggle because then you won't be able to do it long term. Once you hit your goal, how are you going to maintain it if you can't do it now with a smile on your face? You know what I mean? Oh, totally, totally. And it's funny you said that for the third um, tip because in my last talk, uh, that was one of my slides. It was just about how to stay motivated and I, I was talking about, you know, if you can do it happily, like you said, you will probably be motivated to do it again. And because it's a high, it's a, a, a virtual high or a ex internal high that you get. And it's something that I think people always will want to achieve. So very yeah, good. Right. And yeah, and it's, I kind of think like you remember when the whole like Biggest Loser articles came out in the New York Times and stuff and there were a lot of rebuttals really really smart rebuttals to the um, or maybe not rebuttals but there was further insight into why the Biggest Loser contestants maybe could not maintain oh. the weights that they had reached and um, I can't remember who it was it's this really famous obesity doctor who wrote like if you can't be happy taking the steps um, or if you can't live a happy life, taking the steps that you're taking to achieve weight loss while you're doing it, how are you going to maintain? Yeah. It's like no brainer. Yeah. So, and even, you know, um, I feel like I'm, I'm going on and on, but, um, go ahead. You know, sometimes you don't want to go to the, 
every day. And like sometimes motivation wanes and that's when habits kind of step in that you know to ask yourself, well, if I'm choosing not to do this, then I'm saying yes to this. What do I want to say yes to? What do I want to say no to? Then you make that decision and that's great. There's, it's not good. It's not bad. It's just, um, it just is what it is. And, but at least you can, like have the pleasure of knowing that that was your decision and um, either way, hopefully <laughs> your life is good. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And, and I heard it somewhere, maybe it was Tony Robbins or something that said, um, there are no good or bad. It's only the feeling you associate it with. Something to that effect. Yeah. So... Yeah. Totally agree with what you have said. I appreciate that info. Um, I, I wanted to get into your program, Clean Slate. Do you think you have you could share with us what that is in a few minutes? Yeah, totally. Um, it might be kind of rehashing what I've already said, but um, Clean Slate is my four-week nutrition program that helps clients kind of reclaim ownership of their health and take ownership of and responsibility for the relationship with food in a really positive way and positive environment. Um, it runs four times a year, so each season, um, because I associate the habits we practice um, depending on what season it is because there are always different challenges throughout the year. Um, and it's all through a Facebook group. And, man, I just we just started the summer group yesterday and already like the discussions are great people are asking awesome questions they're like rooting each other on um and i'm gonna be really excited to see how people do over the next four weeks cool Um, cool excellent and they can uh get a little more information about that on your website so can you share with us how people can get a hold of you Yes, you can find me at izzyfit.com. Um, that's my website. You can also find me at Facebook. It's backslash izzyfitpt for personal trainer. Or uh, Instagram and Twitter, my handle is at izzyfit. Um, if you Google Evanston personal trainer, you will find me right there as well, if you forget all of that information. Okay. But we'll also <laughs> um, have it in the show notes. Excellent. Awesome. Um, yeah. And that, that program, like you said in my intro, um, is for anyone around the world, which is really cool. Um, cause then I could, I get to help more people that way. Sure. Absolutely. Very good info. Um, believe it or not, Isabel, it's 30 minutes and I know you have a lot to share. Maybe in the future we can do another podcast about another topic. Um, definitely yeah. would like to connect with you somewhere sometime down the road. Um, and just say hi personally since you are in the Chicagoland area. And, um, that would be awesome. Oh, yeah. And, um, again, so great information. My audience, I know, will really enjoy it. Um, for now, though, I will let you go. And thank you so much. Awesome, Eric. Thank you so much for having me on. This was great. Thank you so much for joining us today on Healthy Living with Eric Soup. Head over to ericwsu.com for full recaps of every show and Eric's health and wellness blog. 
Your healthy living life is waiting for you. So stay active and be safe.